Previously on the Snake Sports Talk Show. Chicago needs to take it easy on Justin Fields. I'm not saying easy in that aspect. But what I'm saying is, is pump the brakes before you kind of screw up this whole process. Everybody was basically looking at, well, there's our reality with Justin Fields. Stop throwing this, like, stop throwing this Debbie Downer thing all over the, all over the media. Doesn't help your cause. As I've said before, that Justin Fields is the future of this franchise. A new day in the Snake Sports Talk Show starts now. What's up, fantasy champions? Spotlight Sports Network is excited to tell you about an amazing deal from Thrive Fantasy, your place for daily fantasy sports and esports. Right now, with promo code SS Network, Thrive Fantasy will match up to $50 of your first deposit. So go to thrivefantasy.com and sign up now with promo code SS Network. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SS Network. Like the Oakland A's? Are you a fan of the Golden Knights? Do you love the Los Angeles Chargers? Well then my friends, you're in the right place. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show with your host, Jake the Snake. Silva, brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again, and you know I love this stuff here, and we've got a lot to talk about all over the sports world. I'm excited for it. I'm sure you all are super excited about it as well. Man, we got a lot to go through here today. Jake the Snake Silva here from the Snake Sports Talk Show as we are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and of course, follow me on Instagram, all the social media platforms to keeping you up to date with everything on the sports news 
Uh, we got a lot to really talk about, and the season's just literally right around the corner. Season's right up around the corner. I am excited for what the NFL season's going to bring. We just got two new starters. I'm going to talk about that here later on, and um, and I, I just can't wait for it. So just to give you guys all the breakdowns, so of course in today's episode, I have our very own Coach Dante, who's going to be joining me here in a moment, just to be talking about Houston sports, the Rockets, um, the Astros, and of course the Houston Texans, and of course talking a little bit about Eagles football. And so there's so much to break down. And look at that, folks. I got my own WWE ta uh, towel up there from SummerSlam the past weekend. It was a lot of fun. It was so great. And um, man, it was awesome. If you guys haven't done so already as well, because we do offer up a lot of different merchandises from t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and of course, a lot of different accessories. Rep for your favorite network and rep for the shows on the network here on the SpotlightSportsNetwork.com under the merchandise section powered by Spreadshirt. And also on the bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking about the 32 quarterbacks uh, just before going into this season. I think we already have a wrap of all these quarterbacks. I really do think we do. So later under the show, each division, because I've already done division predictions, now I'm going to do quarterback rankings based upon all of the divisions and it's going to, and you know, and, and you'll be surprised. You'd be surprised of all the quarterbacks that I have from here. So speaking of quarterbacks, we've got two different news. Let's start off in Jacksonville, Florida. So it is official Trevor Lawrence. The era has begun for the Jaguars. So Jacksonville made the announcement earlier this morning. that Trevor Lawrence is in fact, their starting quarterback week one against the Houston Texans. I don't think it was it was surprise it was such a surprise at all. The number one overall pick, he's going to be very exciting to watch, and is a guy that I think honestly, as a generational talent, you're going to bet every money in your pocket to watch this kid do some things we've never seen before. And this is the era. I mean, he caps this era, folks, because Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and all these quarterbacks. And now you have Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. There's all sorts of these quarterbacks. I think this is what capped off the era. And now it has officially become, begun. But let me tell you something about Jacksonville. I've said this over and over again in my show previously. The Jacksonville give it about two, three years on this puppy because Urban Meyer is a type of guy who's strong on defense, is a guy that also loves to be a specialist on offense. Trevor Lawrence is the caliper. He is the focal point to making this offense a powerhouse. Defense is going to come the next two, three years. So at this point, you're shaping yourselves to be better than what you were last year. And now with Trevor Lawrence at the helm, this is going to be exciting to watch. But let me tell you something about what is going to happen in this scenario. Gardner Minshew is going to be looking for a job. And I don't blame him, honestly, because you can get a lot for Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. He's a kid that can play. He's not an elite quarterback. I don't expect him to be like a Patrick Mahomes or any of those other top-tier quarterbacks. I don't expect him to be. But he, I could tell you from all the list of quarterbacks, 
because we think about this with Baker Mayfield. Not a special quarterback, but he executes plays. That's what Cleveland needs him to do. And that's what Cleveland asks him to do. Just execute the plays. We don't need you to be Mahomes. We don't need you to be Lamar Jackson. We just need you to execute plays and do your job. And that's what Cleveland's been successful for. In Gardner Minshew's case, because now Trevor Lawrence is the starting quarterback of this franchise, the era's begun. There are three teams I feel like Gardner Minshew can fit in well because his value is still, I mean, his value is good. He's got a good throwing arm, makes good decisions. And I think if he's led in the right direction, you could get a lot for him. There are three teams in mind that I thought of. The very first one, and I think this is compatible. You guys can think of this any way you want to. The Washington football team, I feel like, is a beautiful fit for Gardner Minshew. Let me explain to you why. First of all, you already know their starting quarterback is going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they also have a backup in Taylor Heineke. What are the quarterbacks that we're going to see next year in college? Is there even going to be a specialty type quarterback that we might see in next year's draft? I don't know. I feel like this might be the last one. So if you're Washington and think about what are the good things about Gardner Minshew coming into Washington? First of all, he has a competent head coach in Ron Rivera, who is alpha male. He puts his boot down strong on defense and gives the quarterback confidence. I think Minshew would be fine in this. Plus, he's got offensive weapons. Cam Sims, Terry McLaurin, and he's also got a tight end. And he's got Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. That's a really, really good promising offense that will give you points. But here's the other thing. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, and a lot of these other guys on defense in the secondaries, and Ron Rivera pushes harder on defense than he would be up on the offense. But all he asks is, is execute your position. That's going to give Gardner Minshew a lot of confidence. And I feel like Washington would be the ideal fit because let's be honest, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going to be the starting quarterback for long. Okay. He has a resume of being really good in week one. We've seen this on the last few years of his career. Week ones are cake for him. It's the down the stretch type of moment. And Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't look the same after all that. Look at the situation in Miami. It was a mess. It was all over the place. And then they settled it that Tua is their guy. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, I feel like, could fill the hole, at least for now, when it's all said and done. And listen, Taylor Heineke, here's the question. Do you really think he's going to end up putting a performance like he did in the postseason again? It's risky. But you... but. I guarantee you this gives Washington a little room to breathe. You make it happen with Gardner Minshew and you bring him into Washington. Whatever happens with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he can come into a good offensive line. Brandon Scherf and a couple of these guys, they are good linemen. They can protect in the interior. Don't kid yourselves. And you've got an offensive core. You've got a strong, capable defense that can stop the opposing offense. And mind you this, the only, I'm going to get into all the quarterbacks within the division later on, 
But the only quarterback you really have to worry about at this point is Dak Prescott. That's about it in that division in the East. Okay. And then there's Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones, which are kind of question marks. So Washington could have room to breathe because who knows who's going to come out of this quarterback class next year. I don't think we're going to have a single like special quarterback out of this draft next year. Second, the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts right now, and this is what's kind of interesting. I, I, I mean, it's an optional pick, but if Chris Ballard is looking for a guy that's willing to be serviceable, but I doubt Gardner Minshew wants to be that type of person. He wants a starting job. But it's a good ideal fit because at least that's more insurance for Gar- uh, for Carson Wentz if he gets hurt if he gets hurt again, and you've got a strong, capable offensive line that's going to protect your quarterbacks. Lastly, the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, and and listen, these backup quarterbacks for Dallas is terrible. Okay, it's terrible. Dak's coming off of an injury. And let's be honest, if Dak gets hurt again, the Cowboys are out of the playoffs. Their hopes of making the playoffs are done. They can't win without him. So if Gardner Minshew comes into Dallas's system, which, mind you, it is a pressurist-type organization because it's Jerry Jones, it's the power, it's the money, and it's also the marketing. But this gives you reassurance for Dak if he gets hurt again. Plus also even some rest time because Dallas needs some sort of juice that's going to, at the very least, get them over the top in their division. But I think if you asked, if you asked me, Gardner Minshew, I feel like would be a fit in Washington. I really, really do think that I've been evaluating this. I evaluate every single one of these teams and I hear this, like I hear, I hear it every day. I hear it every day on the radio. I'm a radio freak. Okay, so I listen to all of this stuff. I feed into information, and all I do is break down every single information that's there. So <laughs> um, but now let's shift over to Denver, okay? Oh, there apparently seems to be water under that bridge in Denver because now Drew is locked out of the quarterback position. Yeah. The Denver Broncos announced earlier this morning that their starting quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, Denver fans, but it's over for Drew Locke. This era for Drew Locke in Denver is over. <laughs> Listen, Denver has to make this work. You've got a coach that's on the hot seat, which honestly, I love Vic Fangio. I think he's a really, really good, competent defensive coach. But he can't get you over the stretch. And the fact of the matter is, is look at the offense from last year and the year prior. This is a team with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, Melvin Gordon, and you can't can't win games? Now, mind you, they they lost Von Miller for the rest of the year. But you still have Bradley Chubb. You still have a bunch of other different alternatives in this defense. And now you have Patrick Sertain and Justin Simmons. There should be no excuses for Denver at all. But it's tough when you are the fourth quarterback in that division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr. 
Derek Carr is efficient. I don't care what anybody says. He is the heart and soul of that Raiders franchise. People hate to, to people hate to admit it, but it is. He's completing 70% of his throws. Let's be honest, folks. Drew Locke is completing less than 50% of his throws. He's completely laxadazed, and he is way too just, he's way too that cool guy. No sense of urgency. That's why I, I've lost it. Uh, he was out for the year. I think it was like a torn, uh, I think it was like a, uh, I think, it, I, I want to say uh, it was like a torn ligament. I think it was on his ankle. I, I think it was, I think he was out for that entire uh, ankle injury. But that's the one thing you have to think about with Drew Locke. This is why that I said it's over, folks. Drew Locke has become a complete reach for the Denver Broncos. That pick itself says it all. And that's it. I don't know exactly what to tell you, but that was like Denver's got to make this thing work. But let me tell you something about Teddy Bridgewater and why I feel like that this could at the very least band-aid this issue. Because Denver has never, never in years inherited a quarterback that was built under their farm system. Not since John Elway. They All they get are experienced-type quarterbacks. Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum, Peyton Manning. Um, and, and now rumors are spreading about this whole Aaron Rodgers thing in next year. But still, utilize the time you have. But also, leave a positive note. Don't leave a negative note if you're Denver. I think this is, this is exactly what was going to happen. I anticipated this because, let's be honest, he, Drew Locke was never going to beat Teddy Bridgewater in camp. <laughs> you couldn't even beat him in camp. This tells you a lot about who Drew Locke really is. He's not trustworthy. He got locked out of the position. So, Teddy Bridgewater, and let's be honest, okay, the potentials for Teddy Bridgewater were all over the place. And I felt bad for him. He came into a Minnesota organization. He got hurt. There was a lot of positive upside. He came back by the time um, Minnesota was competitive. They had such a good offensive core. The defense was strong. And they have a really good coach in Mike Zimmer. And then he gets hurt. Then moves on to New Orleans. Goes and joins Sean Payton. When Drew Brees got hurt, the Saints went 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater. He was a serviceable-type quarterback. Goes to Carolina in hopes that he'll do good. But then the new owner in Carolina is a little bit incompetent because he can't, he can't wait for a process to win now. That's why they went and got Sam Darnold. And they traded him away to Denver. So I have really good positive hopes for Teddy Bridgewater in Denver, honestly. But I'm, but again, this explains everything about Drew Locke. He became a reach of a pick, not that trustworthy, not that very much, you know, urgent type quarterback. He's too lax to days. That's why he always remained the fourth best quarterback in the AFC West. That's it. So at this point, congrats to Teddy B, but. You already knew the open reality with Drew Locke in the first place. All right, so um, we got more and more NFL news. So I'm going to break this down. 
because I've been hearing this all day. And thankfully, and I'm sure my good friend up over here from Beantown Breakdown, Bobby, um, who knows all about it in New England. Yes, I'm going to talk about the Patriots, bud. So apparently this morning, and I don't understand this, and maybe this is true, maybe this is false, I don't know. But New England fans were not really happy the second that Sony Michelle got traded away to the Los Angeles Rams with a, for a couple draft picks. Let me enlighten you on something here about New England. Okay, when Tom Brady was the quarterback, and even when Bill Belichick became the head coach, out of all the years I have watched New England play, New England is not a run-first type offense. They never have been. Tom was smart enough to be efficient with plays, and he had to have the right executor to make the plays happen. He was the architect. Tom was the builder. Made this system work. It wasn't the running backs. Because, let's be honest, in New England, the only, the only positions that have stayed longer than running backs, quarterbacks have, Thomas stayed there for 20 years. Then you have the offensive linemen, always top five every year. Now, the question remains about offensive weapons like wide receivers. Uh, tight ends never seemed to have been a problem. They were kind of on and off. Um, and here's what's interesting. The defense had always been solid. So the defense has always been solidified and they've been like the longevity has been great. But running backs never have stayed this long in New England. The average years has been between one to three. That's the longest longevity you could give for a running back. Because last time I checked, they had Kevin Folk, uh, Corey Dillon, Lawrence Maroney, Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, Shane Vereen, um, Stephen Ridley. You know, now you had Sony Michelle and James White. And here we are with Damian Harris. What's New England's problem? Damian Harris was actually running really, really good. And I thought this was a really good, perfect opportunity for Damian Harris to get more touches, to get more snaps. And because I just think he's a really good runner of the football. And then have James White utilize him with the pass catching plays. And say, you know, because now you, you ain't even got Rex Burkhead. So the deal with New England, they've never been a run first offense. This is not a crushing blow for New England. It never has been after all these years. What's a crushing blow is what is, in fact, a crushing blow for them is the fact, you know, the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks, the defense, like this This is exactly what, you know, this is where you have to be, you got to stay healthy. And so New England, they're not going to hurt by this. They're not going to hurt. They're not going to be hurt with losing that type of running back. I mean, he's a good player. Let's be honest but they are not going to lose that much for him. And let's talk about um let's talk like let's talk now about um the LA Rams. The thing about the LA the, like the LA Rams were in trouble 
the second Cam Akers got hurt and now he's out for the rest of the season. They needed a running back. But this also told you, this also told you at the end of the day that they do not trust. They don't trust Daryl Henderson. They don't trust a lot of these young kids. And it was safe to say. But I do think that getting someone like Sony Michelle helps it. Yeah, he had knee problems. And this is the one thing. Maybe, just maybe, this could be a good thing for Sony Michelle. Because it's a different change of scenery. He's got somewhere that he could literally be relied on until Cam Akers could come back healthy, but he's out for the rest of the year. So at the very least, they're not truly struggling in that position. I think that that Sony Michelle can help in all ways possible. And mind you, they're not lacking an offensive lineman. I think they've got a good solid one. It's not great, but they do have a solid one. And this makes all the sense in the world. So even so, I think the Rams will be just fine. And you have to think about the division that they are in. They're in an NFC West division with Seattle, with San Francisco, and with the Cardinals. So you got, you've got to, to think about, they got to keep up with this. This is the reason why that they were, even in, they, they were even in the position to go ahead and make a trade. So it makes a lot of sense. It really does. Now that they've got it, I think this is a good, I, I truly think this is a good thing for the Rams moving forward. It'll take time, but again, like I said, you're gonna see you're gonna see this through and through. And I think the Rams are gonna be in a really, really good position. They'll stay up in this division and they'll stay competitive. But now the question is, can Matthew Stafford really produce uh, in this organization? Coming up next, we got a lot of things really to cover. We got a lot more NFL talk. We got a lot more going around and. Um, I'm going to be talking at least a little bit about some hockey and talking about some baseball because we do we are right around the corner when it comes to postseason baseball. And you know how much I love really, really good postseason action when it comes to baseball. So all of that coming up next. And of course, Coach Dante will be joining me here on the spot on the uh, Snake Sports Talk Show on the Spotlight Sports Network. All right. So all of our fantasy um, competitors out there far and wide, coast to coast, do you guys love fantasy sports and you guys also love winning cold hard cash there's an app for that and there's also a website to go to it's called thrivefantasy.com week one action in nfl this is the best time to get signed up because there are pool plays that are going up that you can win up to a hundred grand in week one there's a lot of different pool plays it's so simple and easy download it on your mobile device through google play in the app store sign up online and put in your 20 dollar deposit and if and when you do, when you sign up, use promo code SS Network. And Thrive Fantasy promises that they will match up to $50 into your first play. So it gives you more money and gives you more time to sign up for pool plays and win up to a hundred grand, especially in week one of the NFL. What are you guys waiting for? Definitely sign your guys, sign yourselves up 
on thrivefantasy.com, downloading it on the apps, and of course, signing up online. Promo code SS Network is the code. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SS Network. Welcome to Hammer's House. Welcome to the My City My Game Pod Show featuring Raider J77. Your place for all things Raiders and all things Trailblazers. Brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the bell for notifications. Now let's go. Once a Raider, bruh, always a Raider, bruh Shit, simple as that, you look silk and black Lot of bread invested in that old line Car insurance cost the arm and the leg to reach that gold line
So like I mentioned before, folks, because there are some hot cooking deals right now online at the SpotlightSportsNetwork.com when it comes to merchandises. If you guys need to end up getting your stuff today, repping up for the network and repping up for your favorite shows up on the network, go to SpotlightSportsNetwork.com. Powered by Spreadshirt when you go to the merchandise section. There's a lot of cool stuff. I got myself a t-shirt. Um, might end up getting some hoodies for the uh, for the wintertime. I know that's going to be something I'll be bundled up for. You know, I'm that type of person that I'm just like, I live in a desert. It gets hot. It gets sweaty. And it's just terrible. But I'm ready for that sweater weather. I'm ready for the cold. I'm ready for, you know, something to at least refresh me. Because this has been, this has been absolutely ridiculous. I mean, and look. Let's be honest. I see smoke in the air almost every day because California is always on fire. That's nothing new. There's always some sort of fire that seems to be going on in one of the parks or one of the places. And it's just, it gets aggravating and excruciating, but sometimes those are just some of those things that you look at when you're in the desert, you know, it happens. So uh, coach Dante is going to be on the way here in just a moment and we will have him coming on. We'll be talking some Houston sports here while we're on this subject, um, so this is interesting. We know the season's coming around the corner. There's a lot to talk about in the NFL. And NFL's king for this because there's always stories. There's always something to talk about in the league. And we just now got news with Trevor Lawrence and with Teddy Bridgewater being starting quarterbacks for week one. So I've got one team really to think of. And this is going to be a very interesting year. But the New Orleans Saints. This is going to be one of those question mark years of how are they going to perform? Drew Brees is retired. And the only two options that the Saints and Sean Payton have are Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Let me be, let me be mindful of something here. Because... Taysom Hill, we know he's a really good kid. And we know he has an arm. But people are going to figure him out. They're going to figure him out very, very quickly. And it's not a knock on Taysom Hill. I think he's a hell of an athlete. But he plays so many different positions. What's also interesting about this whole thing, about this quarter, you know, about this quarterback battle. You're also talking about Jameis Winston, who had been in the league for a couple of years for a long time, and but yet had been in an organization where they were just loose. Okay, Tampa was just loose. This was a franchise with Bruce Arians, who's about risk it, you know, no risk it, no biscuit type of thing. Let it rip. And Jameis, who was a raw, talented quarterback who has an arm, just didn't have the direction. And a lot of people had a lot of criticisms about Jameis. But let me just be, let me tell you this. The Saints, and you know where I marked them earlier. I had them marked down third in the South. The reason of this is, is because I do think that the process for the process for Sean Payton is going to be something very interesting. And mind you, I don't think Sean Payton's going to coach for long, respectfully. But in the meantime, you're working on something special. 
Jameis came into this New Orleans system learning from uh, from Drew Brees and learning from Sean Payton, and there's finally going to be some sort of direction for him, a positive upside. This is someone who came out of a year where he threw 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. Not a really good resume to put. But Jameis had a lot of different things worked on. He had LASIK surgery. That's going to be a difference maker. And also had to work a lot more on his game. And I do think that if you put Jameis Winston as the starter, here's the other issue. Who's he going to throw to majority of the time outside of Michael Thomas? Because now Michael Thomas is hurt. And who knows what's going to happen with him. I don't see a single trustworthy wide receiver that's on this roster. I really don't. The only one that you're really going to utilize an awful lot is Alvin Kamara. That's the only guy that you could really be trustworthy when it comes to just pass catching players. And so it's, it's interesting. I look at this whole scenario in New Orleans, and this is why I said what I said when it came to the ranks. Because New Orleans is going to have one of those interesting years. It's a question mark in front of it. And you just don't know how they're going to really produce. It'll be weird to say the least, but who knows? I don't know what may happen throughout the year, but I'm very interested in seeing what New Orleans will do by this next season. And if Jameis can really make the cuts. Time now for the hot press. All right, so the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is an interesting one. So this weekend, Dwayne Haskins is going to be nabbed the starter here on Friday in the last preseason game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hopes to solidify a spot on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster. Um, for the first time since imploding against the Carolina Panthers in week 16 of the 2020 season, Dwayne Haskins will be the uh, will start a football game. Um Mike Tomlin said this. He said, I'm excited about giving him an opportunity to see some reps against Carolina's first group. So, you know, look, I felt like Dwayne Haskins, he's got talent. He's got an arm. And like we said about Jameis Winston earlier and a lot of these other quarterbacks, you need to have a better direction. I understand Washington was not like that. And then things changed the second Ron Rivera arrived. But even Dwayne Haskins had baggage of his own. It was maturity issues. There were a lot of things that, you know, just never added up. It never made sense. So I felt like having a, a different direction. And let me just say this. Mike Tomlin is he's pro player loves his players and is willing to make adjustments with his players to win games. And I think Pittsburgh's always been that type of organization. So I think Dwayne Haskins and learning with Mike Tomlin was maybe the best thing that happened. And it's safe to say the least, but Dwayne Haskins really needs to redeem himself. Now, who knows what the future holds for Pittsburgh? 
Because right now, you are kind of in a position with Big Ben that you don't know what you're going to get out of him. And so let's see what you know this preseason game is really going to be. So I, I, I think this will be interesting to say the least. Um, but hopefully some positive things for Dwayne Haskins. All right, so... Um, oh, this is terrible. But hopefully, you know, thoughts and prayers for this. So defensive end, uh, Vinny Curry... Uh, for the New York Jets, he's going to miss the season due to complications stemming from rare blood disorder. Uh, was diagnosed last month with a rare blood disorder that required the removal of his spleen and triggered complications that will cause him to miss the entire season. Um, Curry did, in fact, post on a uh, Instagram on his Instagram. He was a starter on the Philadelphia Eagles' 2017 Super Bowl roster and was projected to return in the middle of September, but he explained that the blood clots formed and forced him uh, to go on blood thinners. So it prevented him from having physical contact for about three to six months. This is terrible. This is absolutely terrible, but this is what was said from here. Uh, In July, the Jets doctors diagnosed me with a rare blood disorder. The diagnosis required the removal of my spleen and projected me to return to the field in the middle of September. During my recovery, blood clots formed and forced me to go on blood thinners, preventing me from having physical contact for the next three, six months. Um, While I am incredibly disappointed that I will not be able to play with my teammates this year, I am thankful that the doctors identified my condition in time. They have informed me that I am expected to make a full recovery and return to the field next season. I'm so grateful to all those who have reached out to me on the phone through social media and in person. I can promise them all that I will be back stronger and more determined than ever. I mean, this is, this is, you never wish something like this upon anybody. And so thoughts and prayers to Vinny Curry for a very speedy recovery. I mean, that is tough. That is absolutely tough. And you're talking about a Jets team that's been, been having injuries after injuries after injuries. And it's just, it's, it's a terrible look, you know, and, and, but, I'm absolutely hoping the best for him. Thoughts and prayers for Vinny Curry. And hopefully that the process goes through smoothly. So, um, so Kyle Shanahan right now, and this has been the interesting hot topic. Uh, so Kyle Shanahan makes things interesting. So he has not named the starting quarterback for week one, but has a pretty good idea. So prior to the opening of training camp, he made it known that there was no open quarterback competition with the onset of the regular season drawing near Shanahan isn't offering up the same clarity as it relates to the starting quarterback spot. So there is no identification whatsoever as far as is it going to be Jimmy Garoppolo? Is it going to be Trey Lance? I've said this before. Start Jimmy Garoppolo now. And the only reason of this is because I feel like you could get some trade value with with Jimmy G. And until the time is right, when Trey Lance has studied the playbook, he's learned the playbook, he's gotten better with it, and he's taken first team reps, then you can then pro, you know pass the torch down to Trey Lance to be in the starting quarterback. But I'd say it for for you know for argument's sake, I know what people feel about the injuries about Jimmy G. But I feel like he will be the starter. I mean, he's got to be. The funny thing of it is, he could be injured, but he does win games. That 
That's that's one that's an argument breaker. He wins games. So win at least a couple games until Trey's ready. And that way then it could boost up his trade stocks and so much more. So I don't think that this is really, you know, a coincidence. I really do think that Jimmy Garoppolo will be the starter of the San Francisco 49ers come week one. And it's only a matter of time until Trey Lance is ready. All right. So that was your hot press, folks. Man, oh man, it was all just, God, there was just an awful lot of just NFL news, information, lots of things that were kind of, there was a lot of things that were just kind of springing back and forth, but man, I am super excited. I cannot wait for the season itself to start. Um, You know, and it's so interesting. I, I think it's so interesting about this whole scenario when it comes to quarterbacks. I don't know why. But speaking of all the, you know, these quarterbacks and stuff like this, because first of all, you're talking about you're you're talking about a few divisions. Like, first of all, NFC West is still competitive. And the Rams knew it. The Rams knew it that they were in trouble the second um Cam Akers goes down with a season ending injury, and they had to get somebody. And Sony Michelle, let's be honest, he was ma- injured majority of the time. In New England, so I feel like having a new place is a new refresher for him. And running backs really don't stay that long in New England, as I've said early in the segment. One to three years is like my minimum. That's all New England does. But we talked about now with Trevor Lawrence being the starting quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And listen, I don't even know what's going to be happening up in Houston, honestly. But there's nobody better that can explain about all Houston sports than our very own Coach Dante. He just joined the board with the Spotlight Sports Network, and right now he is joining me now via the Global Satellite Network presented by StreamYard here on the Snake Sports Talk Show. So you got to give our fans here and our viewers a little taste of something of why okay. they call you Coach Dante. Let's let our viewers okay. and listeners um, get a scoop in of why that is. First of all, man, I just want to say thank you for inviting me, being the from having me as your first, having me welcome me into the uh, Spotlight Sports Network family, and everybody else, man. I appreciate you guys for the offer and the partnership, and I can't wait to work, man. Would you keep working with each and every one of you guys? Uh, first of all, I came up the really uh my good friend uh Raven uh came up with the name Coach Dante because I, my name ain't Coach Dante for no reason. I'm a, actually a real life coach. I coach a flag football team, uh, and I coach a basketball team, a 10-year-old basketball team. So I'm actually a legit coach in real life. So well, I'll say, man, I just love to help out uh, uh, people, help out guys. And I coach four, five, and six-year-olds and stuff like that. And it's just been a blessing. So that's how I come up with the name Coach. Hey there, hey, there you go. You know what I mean? You're coaching up to build a winning team, and that's what we're yes. all about here on the Spotlight Sports Network. You know yes. what I mean? We love to make a winning team. So yes, it's it's such a blessing to have you aboard, and I can't wait to work more with you. Oh, yeah. So let's so let's talk let's get into the the to the dig, uh thing the heap of things. So um obviously Houston Texans, AFC South, we just got news of Trevor Lawrence being the number one starter. But before we talk more about Trevor Lawrence. 
we got to figure out what's going on with the Houston Texans. Now, there's been so many news. It's been all over the place for the last couple months about Deshaun Watton, about, you know, the the ownership, general managing, and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this. I felt like Houston was in a position that the Colts were in the second they got Andrew Luck. Yeah. They didn't build a whole lot of offensive line and security around him, but still managed to go 11-5. and five in in consecutive years. But yeah. the other part is is that after all the hits and injuries is what forced up retirement. So Deshaun, you already know the case that he's come off an ACL injury. He's getting hit 200 times a season. <laughs> and so there's not outside yeah. of Laramie Tunsil, there's no trust on this line. And worst of all, you trade away your best wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. So aside from all these cases that's happening personally, what seems to be the inside scoop of what the Texans are going to do this, this season? Because I'm looking at everything and I'm like, this has turned into a complete dumpster fire. And then a team that really, I didn't look at this way, but give me your thoughts of what this season's going to look like for the Texans. Uh, first of all, man, like I say again, uh, you can argue, uh, like I say, before we, uh, lost, in the AFC Championship uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs, we was emerging as the third best team. New England was real, is reeling, was reeling. Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay. Imagine if they keep DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson won't have these problems pretty much. We probably the second best team uh, in this AFC conference besides uh, the Ravens, the Browns emerging, and when the De- DeAndre Hopkins left his squad. You can tell uh, it didn't tell about a play of Deshaun Watson because he still had a great season, thirty-three and seven MVP type numbers. Mm-hmm. Just you can't win too many games when your defense is 29th in the league. You're not going to win any football games. That's true. It's not like the offense didn't compete because we averaged 20, 24 points per game. So that means we were scoring in a pretty good rate. The defense just couldn't get off the field mm-hmm. every every game. If you look at every game last year when the Texans played, we we lost by one possession almost every single game. The fumble, uh, the, the two fumbles against the Indianapolis Colts, the defensive massacre against the Tennessee Titans twice, two times in a row. Uh, that's nine wins. That's nine, ten wins right there. So, again, this turns into a dumpster fire. And also, Brent Blaine and so Bill O'Brien as well. I also like, – Said I'm okay with him being a head coach, but not mm-hmm. a GM and an offensive play caller. Cause he was a he was atrocious when he had the offensive play calls. He was damn near atrocious. He made he made me sick. Like I say when I watched him call plays. So other than that, you know, I don't expect much uh, this year from the Texans. I just don't think we'll be bad as everybody make it seem. But like I say, I, I won't be surprised because we don't have no. I, I don't besides Brandon Cooks, I don't see a weapon that. We pretty much got you can say Nico Collins is been is okay in training camp. You can say Philip Lindsay when he's healthy. He's a pretty good, pretty, pretty decent back when he's healthy. Out there, the offensive line can't block nobody besides. And we just added uh Marcus Cannon, uh mm-hmm. the um the offensive line, but he's he's hurt. He's not out there. Um uh, that the tight end Brevin Jordan, I don't know how is he gonna look, but so we we got so many question marks, even on the defensive side of the ball. We playing great defense preseason, but like, even on the defensive side of the ball, we got so many question marks. The secondary, it's not good. 
Uh, the defensive line is okay. They compete, but the secondary is not good. And when you're when you're not getting any pressure on the quarterback, that makes it worth rough on your secondary. So, like I said again, I'm not expecting much for the Houston Texans. Uh, I can see Davis Mills playing this year, definitely playing this year. I can see that, but it, it's not looking good uh, for the Houston Texans. Yeah, and you know, and, it, and it's so funny that you brought that up because I agree with you there. Um, you know, and 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 because my thought was, and you're absolutely right. This is going to be an interesting year now because now J.J. Watt is an Arizona Cardinal. You're not going to have a whole lot of pressure on that D-line to get into the the opposing offenses. And I've always said this for years. This -hmm. could be a much better defense because I remembered it being with Brian Cushing. You had uh, one other linebacker as well that I thought was very talented, but it, it was always the secondaries that was the problem. And you're talking yeah, about that, a divi- key, you're yeah. talking about a division that likes to throw the football. Now yeah. the Titans may be different because of the fact of with Derrick Henry, but they still would like to throw the football to some of their their star wide receivers. Um, but the, the other part, Colts, the Indianapolis Colts had the probably the top running game in the league as well last year. Yeah, so they did run the ball pretty effectively too with uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, yeah. Mack, and Naheem Hines. They, and they have an awesome offensive line as well. They have one of yeah. the best offensive lines in football. So they led, they led, they was up in the top of the league in rushing too. But I definitely agree with you, man. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and, and yeah, and this was kind of something that like I, for years, I've never seen the Houston Texans at a point where they were at a come up that they yeah. looked like they were going to be that type of competitive team. Because I remember watching them when they had Matt Schaub. Andre oh. Johnson and they had like this was this was actually looking to be an interesting team. Now yeah. they just become their irrelevant selves again, and I don't understand this. But let me ask a serious question, okay? Because I think th- like this might—it's a question mark for everybody. But when if the season starts, when the season starts, who for sure is your starting quarterback? Will Tyrod Deshaun Taylor. play? No, I don't think he will. Oh wow! <laughs> I don't think he will. I think Tyrod Taylor is your week one quarterback. I don't see I don't see Deshaun Watson playing. I don't see him playing, especially for the Houston Texans. I heard mm-hmm. some rumors that he he was working out at, at a separate field or yeah. something like that. But mm-hmm. I, I I expect going into week one uh, with no preseason snaps for Deshaun Watson and everything, or being a behind an offensive line. Uh, to adjust to everything and not being able to throw the receivers. I, I don't expect to see Deshaun Watson week one. I, I expect Tyrod to be on the center against Jacksonville. And by the way, you brought up an interesting point too, which is, uh, like I said, I want to bring something to your knowledge too as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Kubiak and, this, uh, and Matt Shaw that year, yeah. Gary Kubiak broke Matt Shaw. That game yeah. against Seattle, when he did that, that bootleg and he threw the ball and – Richard Sherman catches it right there, and all you had to do was give it to a hot Aaron Foster. Richard Sherman runs a touchdown all the way back. That pretty much broke Matt Shaw's confidence a little bit, and you can see him rattle because the next game, you go to Candlestick Park, he throws six interceptions in a row, which uh, resulted into uh, six pick sixes. So that Gary Kubiak kind of broke Matt Shaw's confidence really right there. So I I, I got to blame Gary Kubiak on that part of things. But you did break up an interesting point that slipped my mind up on that play. I just had to bring it up. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know what? It, and, and that's actually I'm actually glad that you brought that up because, yeah, I mean, I remember the time when Gary Kubiak and even those plays, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it's, God, it, you just, you look back at it and you're, you're just like, what, what? Why? I mean, what yeah. could it? What could have been? But you know, 
sometimes not, you know, not always guaranteeable, but at the same time, I mean, it could have gone better if not different mm-hmm. had that not uh, not happened because then again you're looking at you you had to go through like tj yates and you know a lot of these oh, like yeah. oh man i, I just Brian Hoyer, oh. brock oswell the worst quarter i call you not to mention sage rosenfeld oh, at the time like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. oh my yeah. god yeah did you bring that up for me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> coach dante joining me here on the snake sports talk show so let's stay within your division. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about okay. the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Trevor Lawrence, it's been announced. It's official. The Trevor Lawrence era has begun. He's now the week one starter against the Houston Texans for, you know, for the Jags. And I said this earlier up on in my show because this is a good thing about Trevor Lawrence, but this also raises some questions about Gardner Minshew. So let's start mm-hmm. with Trevor Lawrence. So Okay. After seeing everything, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I've been so excited to watch him since watching tape in high school, since watching college games and winning the national championship with Clemson and Dabo Sweeney. I mean, the kid, um, I just said it. I, I, I was at a dinner. I was at yeah. dinner one time, and I'm like, when are we going to see this kid make NFL snaps, for God's <laughs> sakes? Like, he, he's ready for this. Yeah. So yeah. what's your evaluation on Trevor Lawrence going into this season? And, I mean, with him and Urban Meyer – this is kind of going to be something cooking here, and this could be something that will be interesting in that South. Your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence? Um, I, I, I like Trevor Lawrence. I mean, come seeing him in college, winning national championship, tearing up uh, total, probably the best defense in the country, uh, the way he shredded them, shredded them guys with T. Higgins and stuff. This, this guy's a future stud in this league, man. He's very tall. He, he throws with accuracy. He can run when he needs to run up out of the pocket. He's a leader. And like I say, I'm with Urban Meyer as a uh, coach that uh, won national championships as well. That's a good fit. But I see Trevor Lawrence having a uh, okay, a decent season, man. Like I say, every rookie gonna go through growing pains. You gotta expect them to go through growing pains. And I expect them. I'm excited to see Trevor Lawrence week one and see and see what he's got coming. But I mean, it can either go. It can go great for him. Also, go great for him week one because he got this Texans defense. But like I say again. Um, I see Trevor Lawrence is an exciting quarterback. He's played, he's been very good in preseason. He showed me a lot. He showed me a lot. And hey, Gardner Mitchell, I feel bad for him because, like I said again, when Gardner Mitchell was in the lineup, he actually competed. Like I said again, yeah, you don't got an offensive line, you receive, you don't have receive a no go to receiver to throw to. So, hey, Gardner Mitchell was, wasn't, I believe, with the right situation, Gardner Mitchell could uh be a, he showed signs and presence mm-hmm. of being a pretty decent quarterback. Oh yeah. And, and that's what led me to like my next thing, because so for Trevor Lawrence, I mean, I'm excited for this, for this season. And I said this in the beginning segment is give this puppy two, three years, because what urban Meyer's trying to do is, is he's working it this way. He's, he's developing the offense first. And then the defense is going to follow after because Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're talking about all these big time defensive players. They're all gone since 2017. So they're trying to kind of pick up the mess that they lost but at the same time, it is it is a, a year's pact where you got two, three years to make this thing happen, and then there'll be something interesting. And the only yeah. thing you hope is Jacksonville grooms this well because they are going to be in a direction where it's going to be leading by example with Trevor Lawrence, and it's going to be winning you games, be better than what you were last year, yep. but may not make a big jump right away. 
So I see them competing as well. I see yeah. them competing as well because they got a pretty interesting team. If you look at their receiving core, it's pretty good. Marvin Jones, a possession receiver, who's a Keelan veteran. Keelan Cole. You got LaVisca Chenault over there who, who can make plays. And you got a 1,000-yard. DJ Chark. You got a, DJ Chark. I forgot about him. You got a 1,000-yard running back, too, who burst on the scene as well. So you got some pieces over there to build around Trevor Lawrence to make mm -hmm. him successful and a great – head coach in Urban Meyer that hold yeah. guys accountable and stuff that knows what winning is, that knows how to win. So I can see Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence having a great future and have and competing this season. Yeah. And no spoiler alert for all of our fantasy football uh, <laughs> guys up out there, but you get yourselves Trevor Lawrence. I feel like you're going to get bigger numbers out of LaVisca Chenault. I'm putting, I'm putting my two cents in there. I, I think he's gonna have. I think he's gonna have a lot more targets. I think he's gonna, you know, he's yep. really gonna make an impact with this. And I think it's gonna be a fun offense. But oh, yeah. to to point out about Gardner Minshew, I said this after the news itself. I think if there is no guarantee of Gardner Minshew even coming in at all in in this, you know, in this system. Then mm -hmm. there's three destinations, and you could kind of take it however you want to, but okay. there's three destinations that I thought could be an ideal fit for someone like Gardner Minshew. One that I really think is the hot one, and I think is it works perfectly, is the Washington football team. Look, you have a competent head coach yes. with Ron Rivera, who is only man in the defense. He's an alpha male coach. And he's also someone that's going to give Garner Minshew confidence because let's be honest, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's bounced around from so many places, but he's always had the resume of being a good quarterback in week one, but it's the down the stretch thing that concerns me. And Taylor Heineke, I don't even know if he's going to implement the same thing he did, you know, in the yeah. playoffs. I, that's, that's kind of a risky dice mm -hmm. you're throwing there. But I feel like, and look, there's a, a lot of offensive pieces for Washington. Cam Sims, mm -hmm. um, Terry McLaurin, and, and Antonio Gibson, and J.D. McKissick. So yeah. I feel like he could really fit in this. My other two is the Colts if they really want to, but I, I mm -hmm. doubt it. I kind of throw it in as like a little like sneaky kind of move. And then finally, the Dallas Cowboys. Because yeah. let's be honest. These backups for Dak is just terrible. It's not giving you any yeah. insurance. So yeah. if Dak gets hurt again, the Cowboys are out of the playoffs yeah. because they they showed you last year they can't win without Dak. But if you put Garner Minshew in this, I feel like this is like this is almost like a Medicaid insurance. Yeah, this is where you break a leg, you break an arm, or something like that. You're only paying for like you know the copay to go in, but at least you've got. Um, or even in an accident, however way you look at it. You've got a good car insurance. They're going to give you a good rental, a rental that's going to get you from A to B. I feel like that's what Gardner Minshew may do for Dallas. Your thoughts? Uh, I, I agree with you on the Washington football team. But I got some cu couple more honorable mentions uh, of teams that I think he will be okay with and fit in with. Uh, but I, I definitely agree with you on uh, Washington because they're one quarterback away with that defensive line, that scary defensive line. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I don't got a good aspect of the secondary because I'm always seeing the defensive line getting mm -hmm. consistent pressure over there. So I'm not too sold on. I got to see a little bit more of that secondary uh, mm -hmm. play. Uh, they just one quarterback. I mean, they I mean they they grabbed up uh, Samuel, I believe, mm -hmm. from Curtis Samuel. Yep, Curtis Samuel, yep. They, great, yep. they grabbed him up and – Sims and McLaurin, who's turned into one of these good uh young stud receivers. And I want to go. I'm, I I was going to pick 
the Eagles because they got Joe Flacco, but hmm. oh my God, Nick Mullins, man, God, he stinks. <laughs> man, Nick Mullins, man, he, he, uh, he just. And, and you got to and you got to think of a Nick Mullins who comes from you know San Francisco with a Kyle Shanahan offense and it's like wow that like this is the Nick Mullins now that you're getting in Philly Man, but he, but that's interesting that, yeah he stinks and I don't know who the Giants backup quarterback is as well besides Daniel Jones I don't have faith in I felt Daniel like it was Jones. I felt like it was Colt McCoy but I don't I don't yeah. even know now yeah yeah so I that's that the could be mention. too yeah I, that's the honorable mention of place. Uh, I don't know how long Daniel uh, Jones will have because it seemed like all this. Uh, he he had one good season and he's regressed. He has t- eleven touchdowns, ten interceptions. Yep. Terrible season. You got to get better at some point. And Not to mention he's got yeah. no stickum to, to you know to keep the football in his hands. Yes, he's been, giving, he's been coughing it up all you know all year long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are the three. Those are the uh, couple three two teams I want to throw in now as well that I feel like that would be a great destination. To uh to for Gardner Minshew because like when the guy has weapons the guy can the guy can actually produce the problem is he don't got he didn't have nothing over there in Jacksonville he didn't have an offensive line yeah uh, he didn't he pretty much didn't he had all he had was a, a great a pretty decent running game he had no yeah. offensive line and no receivers to work with so if you can get his guy some weapons around him he can make plays and he also can move pretty well out of the mm-hmm. pocket. Yeah, and and worst of all, I mean, you 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 also talk about a defense that just completely imploded with Jalen Ramsey to the Rams, oh, Yannick yeah. Ngakwe to the Raiders, and then you had Calais Campbell who left. So everybody, oh. AJ Bouye, everybody on that 2017 roster just exploded. Everybody yeah. went elsewhere, so it was kind of hard to really you know repair from that. But yeah. you're absolutely right. I mean, a, a reliable offensive line is what he needs. And that, that's actually really interesting that you brought up the Giants, though, because it, my thought was this is yeah. this is a do-or-die season for Daniel Jones. They that's didn't make saying, yeah. these moves for no reason. They're yeah. telling you, saying, you either produce or you're out because yeah. th- that means no coughing up the football no more, no tripping on the field when nobody's around you, and, you know, and, and all this stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I feel like this is kind of the boot that Joe Judge is sending to Daniel Jones. And could he succeed? Who knows? Um, yep. But the Eagles is, is is interesting. But again, this is a year for the Eagles that they got to they, they got to clean up this mess. Yeah. I mean, this yep. this was a mess that after the Super Bowl run, they'd never really repaired. Now, is it because there was an injury plague or is this just kind of front office stuff? Who knows what it may be? But we saw the truths with Doug Peterson. We saw yep. the truths with Howie Roseman. So th- this is kind of like a hot seat moment right now that they have yep. they they have to make this work. And you're in a yep. division that's not really, really looked that way. Yeah. I mean, this is a division that has to get better. I mean, look, div- like divisions like the NFC and AFC West, that's competitive. And yep. all, a lot of these other ones. Yep. And the NFC East for the last few years is like a participation trophy that thank you for playing our division. You're gonna get hit out of the playoffs, and you're done. That, that that's and, just you know. I, I hope for better. Again, I agree with you on everything about that too. The Cowboys got the best talent in this NFC East division. Yeah, for ten straight years they've been having the best talent in twenty six years, and they they have not come away with a division championship. Like, I mean, I mean, Joe, only won Michael Gallup. three playoff games in twenty five years. years. Like that wow. is a long time. That is a very long time. <laughs> And Michael Gallup, 
he yeah, I don't they don't know if they're gonna pay him next year. He's up for a new contract. So I don't see them kind of retaining him a little bit, but I mean uh, well, there's your reason to having C D Lamb. I mean, <laughs> I'll say again, again, you got too too much talent. I mean, not to win it, not to be winning this division. I mean, but I like I say, I can't put my trust in the Dallas Cowboys because where, where, oh, neither rather, can I. Rather if it's in the locker room or anything, someone going to the store, stealing something, or the coaching staff, it's going to always some be some adversity with this team that's going to stop them from competing on that football field. It's going to always be some adversity. You know what's funny about the Dallas Cowboys? And, I, and, and I'm going to say this on the air, mm-hmm. but the, <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys have turned into the softest team in the NFL. They are so soft. Like, you know what? I heard this on the radio. They are like the trust fund kids. Okay. Like they, you know, they get paid all this money for average players. And, you know, I mean, my God, they're playing on a freaking, like, you know, one of those, um, those country clubhouses for, you know, for, for practice and all this other stuff. And you're on hard knocks. So it's like television has to be everywhere. You got to have all this other stuff. They are so soft. Like, here's the funny thing. Like, hopefully this analogy works. I've been thinking about this all day. But the Dallas Cowboys are like a cat who's got a castle, you know, as a house. So they got the houses. Well, let's be honest. A dog just has a bed. The Dallas Cowboys are not dogs. Yeah. Okay. The um, I'll tell you who are dogs. Baltimore, those are dogs. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Raiders, those are dogs. You know, a lot yeah. of these teams here that they got that grit grinding feeling. Those are the guys that are going to be stomping your face. Mm-hmm. They're dogs. Yeah. I don't see one inch of dog in the Cowboys. I feel yeah. like they're the soft cats that just have the tallest castle in the house and that they're just going to be, you know, sleeping in there while the dog's just sleeping on a normal bed or he's sleeping on the floor. You know it's what a, I mean? And, and they always get like stronger. Said, again, last year, you heard a lot of reports last year with the Dallas Cowboys of guys yeah. going behind the coaches' back, speaking of what you said about they don't like this play, they don't like that. How about go tell the coach what you don't like? Y'all go talk. Y'all go talk behind it. You that's why that right. Prescott was the mo- the emotional leader of this team. You can see yes. how very much they imploded. After yes. he lost, after after uh they lost Dak Prescott. You oh, they couldn't uh, win really without him. They, yes, they had no leadership in the locker room after Dak yeah. Prescott, and that that's the point to what you said. They and you know what was the said, initial you know? moment? I, I I cannot remember exactly the week game, but it was when a fight broke out after after a play. One of the players got tackled, and the offensive lineman just stood there. Yeah, like that spoke volumes. Yeah. Like that is where I made the initiative. They are the softest team in the NFL. Yeah. They don't back up their players. They have yep. no leadership Ooh, in that locker room outside yeah. of Dak. Like that, that's just, that like to me, stick yes. up for your players. The because you're all Andy Dalton. Yes. How can you let him get hit like that? And yes. nobody yes. How can you allow him now? And then you just leave him there on the ground. You just leave him like not laying on the ground. Yeah. Like he just not not. Like he's not anything. He's your quarterback. You're supposed to oh step up and defend your quarterback. If you see your quarterback <laughs> slide and get hit like that, and he get yeah. hit head first, and nobody, everybody just standing around looking, just standing around looking. Right. Nobody attempts to go. Nobody attempts uh to go uh go at the guy. Nobody attempts to go check on him. Everybody's just looking around. Yeah, it's just like uh, 
I'm not sure what happened up over there. Like, you know, so, oh man, Coach Dante here on the, on the Snake Sports Talk Show. Uh, so let's shift our focus a little bit okay. on Houston. So let's talk about, you know, let's talk about the Houston Rockets for a second, okay. because you know what? I, I look at this franchise and you could agree to disagree, however okay. way, but the Houston Rockets were in a position that they were a Chris Paul injury away from being in the finals. You look at from that group before mm-hmm. with James Harden and the rest of them, and they needed vocal leadership because somebody mm-hmm. needed to straighten up James Harden. And you had Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker and Clint Capella, which I love the kid. And there was so many really good things, even in the front office that they mm-hmm. said about him. And now he's gone. The second they go and get Russell Westbrook, and because they needed to make that trade because they needed to hold that contract. It's the unfortunate thing. Yeah. But um, you look at where they are now, and I said this, this was kind of a rude awakening for the Houston Rockets in the first place because they gave up on a process that they were so close on an injury that they could have beaten Golden State. Yeah. If they beat them, they would have went to the finals. Yeah. And they probably would have gotten a championship by then. So looking at this, um, this is going to be a longer stretched process. But mm-hmm. you look at everybody, in, you know, in the old teams, P.J. Tucker now has won a championship with the Bucs. Um, you know, Clint Capella made it to the Eastern Conference Finals with the Hawks. And James Harden, I mean, he's he's on a best offensive scoring team with the Brooklyn Nets. So... Is this kind of a, you know, a, like, was this kind of a rude awakening already for the Houston for the Houston Rockets? I kind of felt like it was the second Daryl Morey left and all this other stuff. Is there something that the Rockets could have done better that would have never put them in this position? Yeah. I, I, I got to go get my charger right quick. I have to come back and answer that question because I don't want my laptop to die. Oh, you. yeah. No, go, oh, yeah. Go no worries. I, I all right. No problem. Right yeah. So... Ooh. <laughs> all right we'll hold that thought there for for uh, coach dante but yeah that that that's ah, god that's really interesting i cannot believe i didn't think about that garner Minshew to the giants this is actually i think i'm starting to come around with that because it is it is a do or die season for daniel jones and whatever happens this season um, I, I'm very interested to see how this plays out, whether it's good or bad, but at the same time, like they have some offensive pieces. You can't deny it. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slate, Darius Slayton. Um, like there, there are bunch of really good pieces in this Giants in you know in this Giants roster and not to mention because this is also pushing Evan Ingram and they went and got Kev, uh, Kyle Rudolph um to being that red zone type tight end so Joe Judge is going to have a lot of fun with this but wow I would have never thought about that that that's actually man that now makes me change my point about the I think I, yeah I'm going to do that I'm going to take the Colts out and I'm going to put the Giants in. That 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 really did refresh my mind. But yeah, the Washington football team I think really is ideal for 
uh, Gardner Minshew. So, all right, so he's back on. All righty, man. So let's go ahead and talk about let's those go. Rockets. Uh, first of all, uh, again, I'm think like I say, uh, the reason why I thought I say Chris Paul, we one injury away from the what eat from the finals, which is I believe we would beat Cleveland. We would beat Cleveland if we had Chris Paul healthy. But again, we gotta look at the game seven. And when I look at the series, I look at the Rockets. You all played Golden State in every single ball game, basically in that series. The way you look at it. Yeah. Game six, halftime, you up by 10. Golden State self-destruct on you and went end up blowing aside. Game seven, we up by 20 and a half time. But I gotta give credit to Steve Kerr, because he shut took the lane from James Harden. Mm-hmm. And James Harden had to pass. Yeah. And we missed 27 straight three pointers, which is unacceptable. I understand we didn't have Chris Paul, but you can't miss 27 straight three-pointers yeah. in the game. You can't do that and only lose by single digits. Which Especially against a team that knows how to yes, shoot threes. That knows how to shoot threes, and they got a Kevin, and they don't have a Kevin Durant. They do they do have a Klay Tom, but you got to find a way to knock some of those threes, knock those wide-open threes down when you need them to make it. And, so, it's funny, and it's funny because you look at James Harden, and I said this before, is that when you put pressure on James Harden, he crumbles. Like he just, he shakes. And that's kind of something that, you know, was, was the key factor for Golden State in that, in that game. Because, you know, initially I said it before, without Chris Paul in that lineup, that means James Harden now has to put the team on his shoulders. And we saw this now, like, Mm -hmm. He's not willing to be that type of leader. He's not going to be th- that type of guy that you're, you're going to rely on to make those shots, um, open lanes for a lot of people. Like that was kind of the unfortunate case with you know with Houston at that point because yeah. I was really rooting for it. But yeah, that 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 was such a terrible performance with that many straight shots of threes. Yeah. You have got to make those shots big yeah. time. Well, like that's what I'm saying. To my point, I, I can't really. If James Harden going to the basket and dishing out and they're wide open, you got to get them. So I can't hold James Harden to the fault of that accountability from finding yeah. a teammate wide open every time and you're yep. just not making shots. But what I will blame on James Harden is the San Antonio series that we lost where he went when he when he definitely played like played like shit in that San Antonio game <laughs> six. But he definitely did that. I will blame that on him. And the first Western <laughs> Conference Finals where we went to when we had Dwight Howard, I definitely yeah. would blame those two series on him. But any other series, I wouldn't kind of hold him accountable with. He kind of last year, I mean, against uh, with Russell Westbrook, I thought the Rockets brought him back too, too early. I just thought he was still hurt. I didn't think yeah. he was still the same, Russ. He couldn't shoot the ball to save his life. James Harden stuff played great. James Harden played great. But the problem is Russell Westbrook, you just double James Harden, can you rely on Russell Westbrook to make open shots? And that's what seemed like and the think Lakers. Yeah, no, and go think ahead. about and think about this. I mean, Clint Capella. Mm-hmm. The second that he gets traded, I said, "Oh no, this, this is a curse. Yeah. This is this this is an implosion waiting to happen." Because now you're without your backboard defender and without someone who's going to give you second chance shots. Even yeah. if James Harden cannot make the threes, you got somebody that's going to rebound it yep. and put it back in the basket. And the second they you 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 now rely on Robert Covington 
Like now it's like, I looked at this whole team. There's not one tall guy that I could even rely on. It's like, it's a, yep. like a whole entire court full of Smurfs. And I was like, oh man, this is not going to, this is and not going to that's the problem. Like I was one of the guys that I said, okay, I'm okay with small ball, but the only reason you're okay with it, cause you got the floor spacing for James yep. Harden and Russell yep. Westbrook. When Russell Westbrook was healthy, you, he can get to the game. He can get to the bucket anytime he wanted to. And he played like an MVP candidate before the season shut down. But if you're not making those shots and you're struggling making them, the the team like the Lakers that are bigger than you, they're going to yeah. pound you inside. Yeah. Every time you don't make an open three-point shot, they're going to pound you inside. Yeah. They're going to use their strength advantage. Yeah. But when and you're making shots mm – -hmm. You're putting mm -hmm. pressure on them. They, they, you can give it. You, if you're making them, you can make them adjust. You, they can't beat you with twos. They can't yep. beat you with twos if you're making threes. They like I'll give, you, like I'll give you a perfect example. Is like because mm -hmm. you saw Russell Westbrook when it came to three point efficiencies. Yeah, he cannot shoot threes. He cannot but shoot, I yeah. do make one point. Like, okay, take out Westbrook, and let's say we put in hypothetically um, Kawhi Leonard. Mm -hmm. Which Kawhi yeah. is not a vocal leader, but he is a guy that I think you could put in. If I need a if I need a bucket, he's he's gonna, go to he's gonna be the yeah. guy that's gonna give you a bucket. Yeah. Regardless yeah, if it's a it, regardless if it's a three. But if you're if you're tearing it up from the perimeter, that's more than enough because you're still piling on the, the uh you're still yeah. piling on the pressure, and also that's giving you better chances on defense now to shake up the opposing offense on the floor. And giving you those opportunities to get the ball back and get more rebounds. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, if you have Kawhi Leonard on on the same team as James Harden with the Rockets, just like you say, I definitely agree. Rockets will, Rock, Rockets will be more dangerous. But I say again, Clint Capella, mm -hmm. I love this guy so much, man. Yeah. This guy was a favorite a favorite Rocket of mine. And like I say again, he was very good, very great rim protector. He also can switch on defenders, on defenders as well, man. And like, like, the funny thing, the first time I ever knew about Clint Capella, and you probably would love this, but the regular season game against Cleveland and against LeBron, you probably yeah. remember this well. It was a complete mess getting the basketball all around the court because everybody's falling on the court. Like there was too much wax on it. And then yeah. finally slams it down. But the most iconic moment in that game was when LeBron James was ready to just slam it down. And Clint Capella said, not in my house. Yeah. That yeah. was where I first looked. I said, who the hell is this kid? <laughs> like this kid, like yeah. it, it really means a lot when you're mm -hmm. stopping the King. Like when you're mm -hmm. stopping LeBron James, you, you caught my full attention. I'm like, that kid's going to be good. Yeah. Like that kid, don't you dare let him go. That is your guy that is going to give you the important shots. He's going to, he's a backboard defender and he's going to give you important rebounds. And that's where the second the trade happened, I, like I said, this, Bad for Houston, great for Atlanta because yeah. you're in a similar position. You've got Trey Young who's going to be throwing, who's going to be shooting a lot of threes and tearing up the perimeter, and you got Clint Capella who's going to defend and give you mm -hmm. second chance shots. And that's and where you, I, that's where you saw that the second they went to the Eastern Conference Final. You got a great team over there too, man. You got uh, yep. you got uh, what's that guy yep. named? Uh, Kevin Hurdle who can shoot, who yep. can shoot Cam very Reddish. good. 
Cam Reddish when he's on the court. Yep. And you also, like I said, you got Gallinari. And DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter, Gallinari, who gets leadership in that locker room as well, man. You got some pieces. You got some pretty and good And add pieces. in Lou Williams for add a little bit Lou of versatility. Uh, and then you signed John Collins back as well. Yeah. So you keep Trey, Trey Young and John Collins back. So you can look for this team to be something special again next year. It can be uh, in probably in a, a third seed in the Eastern Conference if everything yeah. breaks right with Clint Capella coming along. Being one of the best, one of the best centers, uh, under most underrated centers in the game, you got Trey yeah. Young who had a big playoffs and a big and yeah. a, and a big season. I mean, this this young Hawks team is coming, man. Yeah, coming. and what's funny about that is, so of the four teams that were in the conference finals, like the first thing I said was, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, this was going to be really good for all four teams because mm-hmm. that was going to make it competitive. But this was going to be really bad for only one specific team in particular because yep. they had all these guys. And it's yep. like, and now it just gave you your open reality. Yep. And it's like, oh man. Like <laughs> now it's like, I, I, to me, it takes, and honestly, I give you props. It takes guts to be a Houston fan. Yeah. Because, yep. and, and it's actually, re- I'm actually really happy that you, you join the network. But at the same time, finding someone who, on the insights has this scoop on stuff yeah. and could relate to all of just the internal problems that they just yeah. got. Um, hey man, I've been a Houston fan uh, for 31 years of my life, man. I just, oh man. Like I say, man, we had some bad years and some great years, but we, man, the only good thing about it, the only good in Houston is the Astros right now. That's the best. And that's going to bring my yeah. one point because you know, I, I <laughs> <Yeah>. mean, <laughs> My thing of it is, like I, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna speak it on the air, but I do have okay. my personal opinions about the Houston Astros because to me, yeah. like, this is a, this is still a really good team. It yeah. still is. Alex Bregman, uh, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, your uh, your Don Alvarez, yeah. um, and Yuli, Yuli even the pitchers. Yeah, yeah Yuli, Yuli Gurriel and so many of these guys. They still will be a problem in the in the AL West mm-hmm. and you know and, and and everything else. But my thing with the Houston Astros is like, and maybe just for the whole city of Houston. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got obviously all of the the rap with the Texans, mm-hmm. terrible as it sounds. Oh, but yeah. DeAndre gone, JJ Watt gone, Deshaun's a question mark. Yeah, it's like they've become a dumpster fire. The Houston Rockets had all these guys and all of them were now have gone their separate ways and they all represented in the conference finals, whether East or West. Mm-hmm. And it just makes them feel really bad. And just and now it just brings a bad rap for the rack for the Rockets, the Houston Astros. First of all, I, when I looked at this team initially, I thought this was going to be a really good competitive team. I thought they mm-hmm. had a lot of really good potentials. But then the 2017 scandal and all this other stuff. And it, yeah. And it's like, you know, I've always said teams have done this before. This is not a coincidence. But when a team gets caught, I mean, my third episode, when I was, uh, you know, before I got into live streaming and I was doing just regular podcasting, I ripped a new one on the Astros. And the only reason was because. First of all, I was disappointed in the PR because mm-hmm. you, you usually when you get caught, this is where in, in life you get caught with something that you know 
holds a consequence to your life. Mm-hmm. It's what separates the men from the boys. You either own up to the consequences, do the times or whatnot, and shape your focus rather than just blanket it and felt like it never happened. And I felt like the the Astros did something like that. Yeah. Because one, Jim Crane, the way he explained it, I thought was a bad rap for the Houston Astros. I thought what Jose Altuve said was a bad was a bad rap for him. You know, and, and the list itself goes on. But the only person I felt like, and maybe you might agree, but AJ Hinch. Yeah. The fact that he he was the only person who came out mm-hmm. of this whole scandal and explained it to Tom Verducci and yeah. said, if I could go back in time and yeah. really work on this, because this is a family man. This is also someone who loves the game of baseball and was a former catcher and a really good manager. And he's got yeah. great things for him in Detroit. Yeah. That you look at the team and it's like, can Houston just get a break? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, so from right. your feeling being a fan, like being a fan of Houston for 30 years, is this like, how would you just describe like what it truly means being a Houston fan? Because I'm sure everyone here watching, listening could get a gist, could get a feeling and a vibe. Like again, nothing within, within this, you know, this room whatsoever, like just true honesty. What is it like just being a fan itself? I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be tough. Yeah, it's like I say again. It, I mean, it's it's tough uh, seeing your teams, you know, seeing every team. Like I say, uh, being used to being great for a couple of us, just not like a year ago, almost a year ago, being championship contenders, and now they completely fell apart in a cheating scandal. I understand about that because, like I say, I ne- I would never I would never know anything more because I'm not in the clubhouse with those guys. Like I say again, but. Hey man, uh, the uh commissioner didn't take take this World Series so championship away, so we can kind of still call ourselves twenty seventeen World Series champions, even mm-hmm. though, like I say again, uh, uh, they they, I'm not in the clubhouse, so I can't tell what happened, but it, it's kind of tough, man. Like I say, that's why I'm a Houston fan, Texan fan, and like I say, it's like I say again, it's kind of like a coach. I mean, you gotta, you gotta. You got to stay loyal to your craft, man. Every, when everything go bad, I mean, like I said, I just love to support my guys. When everything go bad, eventually, hey, you got to make some adjustments. You got to you gotta make some some adjustments to the franchise. And I'll say again, man, it's tough. It's very tough, man. See mm-hmm. these guys going out there lo- losing games. And, you know, all I say, like, I'll tell my guys when you get on that football field, we going to lose, we going to lose giving effort and having heart. Mm-hmm. That's how we're going to lose. We're not gonna lose walking around, giving up. And it, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's very tough. Them um car days was very tough. The car yep. days was very tough when he was getting hit when he had oh, the yeah. 82 sack season. That was very tough. No offensive line whatsoever. The Houston Rocket day, Houston Rocket games in the in the early two thousands with Steve Francis when he was getting first overall picks. And the Houston oh, yeah. Astros, man. And the Houston Astros before we won that. World Series, man. You gotta think about two, three straight years of going of sucking a hundred yard, hundred, hundred losses every single season. Just like looking like the seventy yeah. sixers trust the process out there. That 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 can be kind of stressful. Because like I say, man, I'm just I, I just love to support my team, man. That's just a diehard fan of, of me, and I understand 
to order to uh, make things better and win and uh, win championships, you gotta struggle along with you guys. You gotta take it. You gotta take the uh, ass whooping on the on the ass. That's all you gotta do, and everything should get better. I believe the Rockets got a direction to go with, got a direction to go in. I don't believe, I don't know about the Houston Texans, but I believe in the Rockets, Jalen Green, and all of those guys, Shane Goo and uh, Josh Christopher. I believe the Rockets got a a slight direction, a little bit, but mm -hmm. I don't know about the Texans, man. But like, it's tough, man. It's real tough. But hey, I'm I'm willing. That's why I watch these podcasts and stuff like that. And when people say the Texans aren't good, hey, I can't be mad. I'm not surprised. Mm -hmm. I look at the roster myself and stuff like that. So all we can do is show, get on that field, show people, and just overachieve. You know, that's all I can I can hope for, man. And I could tell you this honestly, like even from a coach's perspective, and even from a lot of these things that we evaluate, like that makes content. That yeah. makes serious content. Yeah. Like you don't really get a whole lot of stuff like that, but someone mm -hmm. who being a fan for a long, long time, who's been through, you know, the, mm -hmm. the victories, the defeats, um, the struggles, and even some of like, you know, the best times where, you know, you're, you're kind of in the hot seat. You got the hot hand. You guys are ready. Yeah. You know, you're ready to go in and you're ready to dog it, you know? And, yeah. and, and ultimately that like, that's the best feeling that you can get. And even mm -hmm. when, you know, coaching football, coaching basketball, and no matter what coach you are, is it's always the same direction. Same you got to go through the trenches. To me, yeah. I always had a saying, and this is probably the best saying in life. You got to walk through the valley to stand amongst the mountains. Yep. And this is where I feel like a lot of it, in, when it comes to fans, when it comes to players, and when it comes to teams, everybody goes through their valleys. Everybody goes through their valleys until they stand atop the mountain as champions. Yep. And that's what I think is probably the best motivation and direction, you know, for anybody, even from a coach's perspective. And I respect that. I thought, I yeah, think man. that, that makes great content, honestly. And you know what? Yeah. I, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest. Like for the Astros, the, the, the guys I loved watching was definitely Jeff Bagwell, Craig Bichon. Oh, yeah, Like Craig those Bichon, were such yeah. great guys. In fact, my mother tells me all the time, like she's actually born and raised in Long Island where Craig Biggio was originally from, <laughs> you know, and, 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 yeah. and like, you know, it brings back a lot of, you know, really, really good memories, but it does, man. You know, th this was, this was, it this was really better. good. You don't get no better than, uh, all those guys. Like you said, Craig Biggio, Jeff Bagwell. Mm -hmm. Uh, I used to uh, like a Morgan Innsberg or some Moises out Lou, all of those guys, man. Billy, Wa no Billy Wagner Billy Wagner at one point, yeah. Lynch, uh, Lynch, Lance that, Berkman, yeah, Lance Berkman, all of those. Beltron when he first mm -hmm. got traded from the Royals, man. Like I say, it, Carlos like Lee, say, Carlos Lee, we used to rip the cover <laughs> off the baseball, and all of those guys, man. Like I say, it just don't get no better, better than that, uh, and stuff like that, man. But like I say, oh, definitely, it take it takes a lot of guts, you know, to be a. Uh, for your team to suck this bad, but just to sit up here and take and take the punch in the mouth. But mm -hmm. like I said, you got to be willing to take it. Just you got to be willing to take it uh, yeah. before you even give it, man. You got to be willing to take it though. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm taking all the punches in the face right now. And I mean, we just got. I just got to go out there and see what this uh what these teams what these teams do. But right now, we're in a dark hole, and mm -hmm. we just got to find a way to get off get out of it.
And you know what? You just got to find your way out of the trenches. You know what I mean? <laughs> By the time that that bell rings, like, hey, I may be down, but I'm not out yet. Yeah, you I'm know, not like out that, yet. I can get right my own back up and, and compete, compete. Yep. Compete. You win some, you lose some, but oh, you yeah. live to fight another day. Yep. <laughs> well, this was, this was great content, Dante, yes, honestly. Man, I mean, I this this was it, this was awesome and everything else. So for all of our so for all of our fans, viewers, and everybody else all from around the social media platforms, where can they find your content? for everything that you, you produce out there here for the Spotlight Sports Network? Uh, like I say, y'all can find me at Coach Dante 31 on Twitter, Coach Dante 31 on Instagram. Uh, y'all can find me on Facebook at Coaches Dante. I'm going to change it to Coach Dante 31. But like I say, again, I just like to shout out, give a big shout out to the uh, Spotlight Sports Network for the partnership with me. And, man, like I say, I'm very interested in working with everybody and working with you more, man. Um, many more collabs and everybody, man. I definitely thank y'all for welcoming me to the Spotlight Sports Network family. I'll say when I, I'm I'm dedicated, I'm here to help the help the channel grow and help everybody grow and support everybody, man. Like I say, it's not all about me. It's a team effort, man. So I'm just fitting in. I'm just coming in, just fitting in with the rest of you guys, with the team, man. Y'all, I say y'all been here longer than me, so I'm just fitting in, man. And like I say, I'm here. I'm here to help. Help the channel grow and get the get everything get everything better, man. So I said I just like to thank y'all for uh having me and welcoming me to part of the family. I love it, man. I love the mentality. I love it. You're part of the winning team, man. That's what we're that's what we're here to do. You know, we yes. want to be a part of the winning team one way or the other, through thick and thin and through you know, the, the forks in the road and so, so much more until we stand up on those mountains, man. Well, it's been yeah. great talking with you, man. I Thank hope you're, you, so you hope you stay safe. Have a great one. And you know something because the Chargers yeah. do play the Texans in week 16 and we yeah. definitely got to do something here down the road. Yeah, oh, so oh, we definitely just hit me up, man. <laughs> I'm in, you know, I'm in the group chat. So, you, you know, anytime you need me, man, you definitely can hit me up absolutely man not no no problem whatsoever yes, man i'll definitely hit you up for sure have a great night man yes, get sir. some rest and everything else be safe and we will definitely see you soon thank you man there you go coach dante here on the spotlight sports network man it's it's god that that was such great content i loved it but it definitely had a lot of like it's a longer stretch, but I love sports like this. I really, really do. Coming up next, I'm going to be wrapping it up very quickly. My best for last is I'm going to be discussing all 32 quarterbacks of all 32 teams, ranking them up from each division. You guys do not want to end up missing that here on the spot on the Snake Sports Talk Show. Be back in a minute.
All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, first and foremost, I want to thank every single one of you guys for being here on a Wednesday night, man. This was great. We had great content from Coach Dante. Uh, you can definitely catch him on Twitter, Instagram, and so many other social media spots. Uh, man, that was that was great content right there for the for the time that we had. Oh, it was a lot of fun. So uh, on my best for last because so I've already done the predictions of all of the divisions. Now, I'm going to do something special because we have the announcements for a lot of quarterbacks, and we already have a feel of who's going to be the, the starting quarterback uh, by week one. So we already have a gist of what we're going to look at and what we're going to see. But we're going to rank all of these quarterbacks from one to four in each division, and you'll get a feel. And, and remind, mind you, th this is just the start of the season. So I'm going to do this three times. So... This is the beginning of the season. We're going to do it again by week nine. And then we're also going to do it right there by the end of the regular season going into the postseason. So um, remember, this, this could change at any time. But I feel like before the season starts, um, this is what I'm going to be looking at here, you know, for, for you know, just before the season. So let's get this started. So we're going to focus on the AFC. So here we are in the AFC East. So from one through four, number one, I feel like the, the best quarterback in that division has got to be Josh Allen. Um, big payday, transformative quarterback. He's got the best system in Sean McDermott and uh, Brian Dable. Number two, you know, what? and a lot of people could say what they want to, but I'm putting Cam Newton at number two. The reason Cam is at number two right now, the experience in the NFL, and not to mention the juice. He might still have. Um, number three, Tua Tagovailoa, and number four, uh, Zach Wilson. So this is respected. You know, Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Tua, and uh, Zach Wilson. The reason of this is, is because, as I said, there's pressure on Zach Wilson in this division facing defenses twice a year. It's tough. It's hard. And... Um, I, I, again, this could change, but Tua at number three sounds reasonable because of the fact that he's a guy that doesn't want to make, that doesn't like to make mistakes. Um, and he's also a guy that's very smart and precise with his throws. He actually looked pretty good in some of the preseason games. So, uh, Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Tua Tagovailoa, and Zach Wilson from one through four. Let's look at the AFC North. Now this is tough. Um, but my number one quarterback, it's gotta be Lamar Jackson. I mean, this guy run first offense with John Harbaugh. This is a guy that's really, really making it happen with Baltimore the second he started his rookie season. Number two is Ben Roethlisberger. Now, not for long because of the fact of injuries, very big Ben reliant. I think this might be the last hurrah for him in Pittsburgh, but who knows? Uh, but big Ben, he's won championships. He's also a guy that is, you know, he's grit and grind. So that's where I have him at number two. Number three, um, I got God, I gotta say is Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is number three. He's not a special quarterback, but he is a guy that can execute and make plays. And this Cleveland team, it's stacked, it's loaded. So who knows? We'll see what happens from here. Uh, and then finally, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Now, Joe Burrow's got a lot of really good upside. The only problem that's preventing it is that. Cincinnati organization, all these players, all these guys, they've got to stay healthy and they've got to protect Joe Burrow at all costs. And if you could do that, 
this could be a team and Joe Burrow might have a dangerous season where I think he's going to end up producing the numbers. So Lamar Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger, Baker Mayfield, and Joe Burrow from one through four. Uh, the AFC South. Now, my number one quarterback up over here, and the reason that I say this is because you have to think about all these quarterbacks right now. Uh, number one is Ryan Tannehill of Tennessee. He came into a Tennessee system with Mike Vrabel, transformed his game, gave him confidence, gave him a booster, and I thought he was really, really good. Um, so Tannehill at one. Number two is... Um, Number two has got to be car. It's got to be a uh, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz to me, I know he's hurt, and I know he. You know, there's a lot of questions about him, but he is a guy that can still throw a football, and he's very accurate with his passes. I think Frank Reich can can change this, boost him up to be the 2017 MVP that he was. Um with the Philadelphia Eagles formally and winning a championship. Number three, Trevor Lawrence. You already know with all the positive upsides and everything that you're kind of seeing right now with Jacksonville, he's now the number one starter. So I think there's a lot of upside. He's a generational type talent. He's a guy that that will do things that nobody has ever seen. And I'm excited to see this kid play. And finally, number four, because Deshaun Watson is not going to be showing up at all this season. So I, it's going to be Tyrod Taylor. He's up in number four. So Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, um, Trevor Lawrence, and then Tyrod Taylor, one through four in the South. Now let's go to the AFC West. Number one, it's obviously Patrick Mahomes. Um, again, a talent like that, throw no, no look throws, um, won a championship. And is a guy that just, you know, he's very, very motivational. He's a guy that's a leader, very vocal, Patrick Mahomes is just everything you look for. Um, number two, Justin Herbert. I mean, this is a guy who came completely out of the gate and broke the rookie touchdown record, was breaking records left and right. I mean, this is a kid that had such a great season, and it's only going to get better with a better offensive line. He's got his weapons, and the defense looks very promising for Brand Staley. Uh, number three, Derek Carr. Say what you want to about Derek Carr and the Raiders. He is efficient. 70% completions, 4,000 yards. It's not a quarterback problem. It's the fact that this organization and this coaching staff has just got to get it right. Um, but again, it's tough to really play it against when you've got Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes in that same division. But I feel like it's respectfully number three in this division. And then I'm number four, Teddy Bridgewater. Sorry, Drew Locke, but you got locked out of this. You know, you got locked out of this division in this league. So. Mahomes, Herbert, Carr, and Bridgewater, one through four in this West. So the AFC is done. Now let's look at the NFC now, the NFC East. Um, so number one, Dak Prescott. You could say what you want to. Cowboys can't win without Dak. We've already seen this multiple times. They cannot win without Dak. And Dak Prescott is the absolute reason that the Cowboys win games and the vocal leadership. He's a mature adult. He's a leader, and he is a guy that is willing to be all in on this team. And if you can't, if he gets hurt again, they can't win games. They'll miss in the playoffs, and they've got to make the playoffs. Um, number two, um, it's God. This is tough. Number two, and I and I gotta say it, but um, it's got it, you know it has to be 
Jalen Hurts. Number two best quarterback. I have yet to see what he does in this offense and how he'll produce. Um, number three, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, he still has some good upside. He's got a good throwing arm, and I don't think he'll be the starting quarterback for long. But as I've said, don't be surprised if Washington pulls off a move to go and get Gardner Minshew. I mean, that could change. That could, you know, that could very much change. And finally, Daniel Jones. Uh, this is do or die moment right now for Daniel Jones and the Giants. He he's got to stop coughing the football up. He's got to hold it. He's got to make better throws. Um, you got all these players for a reason. Now it's time to stop fooling around and it's time to get serious. So Pre Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Daniel Jones. NFC North, um, number one green, uh, is definitely Aaron Rodgers. That's not changing. Um, this may be the last time we may ever see him at number one in this division in the North. Uh, but the Packers, you already know that you're going to get a lot from Aaron Rodgers. He's going to win you divisions. He's going to win you games. That's no doubt. Number two, um, number two, I feel like is, well, this is this right now, I have to say is Kirk Cousins. Number two quarterback, let me explain this. First of all, I know he can't win primetime games, and this could change, folks, because, again, there has been a lot of news about Kirk, about Kirk Cousins. The Minnesota Vikings want to be done with him, out of it, and so on and so forth but he won't be number two for long. Number three, Andy Dalton of the, pair, of the Bears. Um, Justin Fields is not going to start just yet. But again, Andy Dalton, respectfully, number three in this division. Um, you know, at, at some point in time, when Justin Fields is ready and he's structured, and he's, you know, and he's propped up right, he could easily be a number two in this division if not strive for number one, the second Aaron Rodgers is gone. And finally, Jared Goff at number four. Um, now, Goff has won games with the Rams, but remember, this is a tough offensive line that doesn't really block a whole lot. I don't know who their top receivers are at all. I, they're, they're, I don't know what how Jared Goff is really going to deal with all this adversity, but he's looking at it as a number four. But he could prove me wrong in this division. So Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Andy Dalton, and uh, Jared Goff. Those are my one through four. Uh, NFC South, uh, number one, it's Tom Brady. You already know that. There's no hesitation here. Tom Brady's number one in this division. Easier said than done. Uh, number two, um, gosh, number two, it's Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is still a guy that could give you points. He's still a guy that could give you yards and passes. Um, this Atlanta offense now, now that it has an offensive-minded coach and Arthur Smith, could have a completely different direction. They've got Kyle Pitts. they got uh, Calvin Ridley. they got a lot of really good players. Um, so I think this will be exciting for him. Number three, Sam Darnold. Um, this is a guy that, you know, as I've said, Carolina is going to be completely different with this offense with Matt Rule, they have a competent owner who, or, or an incompetent owner that does not like to wait. He's not patient. He wants to win now. Is competently incompetent in those ways, if it makes sense. But Matt Rule has an offensive playmaking system, and I think Sam Darnold might thrive. I'm telling you, he may be a breakout player. And then finally, Jameis Winston with New Orleans for number four. Um, I don't know this quarterback scenario right now for New Orleans, but if Jameis could prove me wrong with Sean Payton if he's got a better direction, but it's only at four for right now. Um, 
Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Sam Darnold, and Jameis Winston. That's one through four. And finally, the NFC West. Um, number one is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. There is nobody that's going to tamper that. There's nobody that's going to basically play around with that. Um, he's honestly been the best quarterback that I've ever seen in my lifetime. You know, a guy that runs, a guy that throws. He's also very motivating. He's a leader. Um, everything you want in this franchise. He is the franchise for 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 Seattle. And he's done a lot of really, really amazing things. And especially in a division that's tough in the NFC West. Number two, people are probably going to hate me for this, but I have to say Jimmy Garoppolo. Listen, this is only, this is only for, for right now. Okay. This could change, but Jimmy Garoppolo, since he arrived in San Francisco, he had that long stretch run where he was winning games. Say what you want to about injuries, all the rest of the stuff, but he has won games. I'd like guys that are winning games. I like guys that are playing efficiently. Um, but Jimmy Garoppolo, it's safe to say, I mean, it could change at any time, but he's been the number two quarterback in this division. Number three, uh, Kyler Murray. Now, there are some better improvements from Kyler Murray, but the only thing is Cliff Kingsbury's got to make this right. He's got to make it right. Um, you could flip-flop these two with Jimmy G and Kyler Murray. I thought he was really, really good. You could flip-flop them. So however you like to, but Kyler Murray's he is the real deal. But the problem is, is Arizona's just got to make this work. Cliff Kingsbury's on a hot seat. This is where you really got to make things work. And finally, number four is Matthew Stafford. I don't know what he's going to do in, in Los Angeles. You're out of a Detroit system that's a complete tire fire. And Matthew Stafford, I hadn't seen him play a snap in preseason. Maybe that could change, but I got to see how he works with Sean McVay and all of this. So it's only for right now. It's temporary. It's not permanent. It could change at any time. So Russell Wilson, um, let's flip-flop. Kyler Murray at number two, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Garoppolo at number three, and then um, Ma Matthew Stafford at number four for right now. That's that's the way that I've looked at it. Alrighty, folks, that's exactly what my predictions are for all of these teams for here from the one uh, from all 32 teams, all of them in their respective divisions. You can go back and look at it um, here on this show. But uh, I'm tired now. I am absolutely tired. It's been a really good week. We've had a lot of really good NFL content, and we've had a lot of different stories happening all around. It's been a really good one. And uh, I thank every single one of you guys for being here tonight. So, um, by the way, thank you to Coach Dante, who had been here with us on our small interview here on the Snake Sports Talk Show. Thank you to the Spotlight Sports Network, of course. We're producing a lot of really good content. And by the way, the Snake Sports Talk Show is only eight subscribers away from 400. Like, subscribe, share, hit the bell button for all latest notifications on all shows. That is going to wrap it up for me. I'm tired. It's been a really good week. It's been really, really good stuff on stories and news. Um, I'll be back upon here on Monday night. You don't want to miss it. 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. Have a great night, guys. Be safe. I appreciate every single one of you guys, and we will see you guys um, next week on a Monday. Take care.